almost going to fall for Martinez. Antonov trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the match. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Our final Jason Jones from thestriker.com and the mothership Joe Patrick when I on the game Dursaw Soccer is over there. Joe Patrick, tweet one more month, man. Just just one more ooh, month. Ooh, man. Dude, <laughs> I got I gotta just put something on the table here at the beginning of the show. I was hit with this pang of like apathy during this Portland game where I was mm-hmm. like, man, it is really hard to care right now. <laughs> like it is really hard. I think it's probably co- it's with like college football coming back and like Saturday mm-hmm. was like an amazing sports watching day. Uh, and then <laughs> the Braves are in a pennant was, race. Right, like, yeah. yeah. Falcons yeah. are about to start up, obviously, which relates to my work and everything. And then mm-hmm. that, I felt like I was having to sit through it and it was very painful. Yeah. And, then there was, and obviously there was just no optimism. Yeah, any frustration I had with the Philadelphia game and that kind of nonsense was kind of mollified by the fact that one, Raul Godinho started, right, which was the clear change. And then most of it was just pretty much the same lineup, which I didn't get really at all, uh, considering the midfield especially. But we'll talk about that more in just a moment. But yeah, I'm right there with you, honestly, Uh, with so much of it. I'm just kind of ready to to get on to more interesting things like the new president and right right everything like I've, that like i'm 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 very interested to see what happens with this club in the near future honestly but it's mm-hmm. it's funnily enough ironically enough it's not relative to the games that are going to be played the games are just in the way of the interesting stuff <laughs> it's like a video game where you have to like compete complete a side quest where you have to find like find 30 eggs you know right. around yeah, the totally. map before you can get to any of the interesting parts and right now <laughs> the games are just side quests you totally. know yeah. so i don't know man a oh, few more left they aren't officially dead but they're pretty much dead i feel a little guilty honestly saying this because i know that obviously the people who are listening to this show are probably still invested in the team i don't want i don't want to sound like i'm totally like not invested in in what's going on but I don't know. I think part of it is just the play on the field, too. It's just like not very inspiring, continues to not be. So I don't know. Just yeah. had to kind of take to the therapy couch there for a second to let everybody know how I'm feeling. <laughs> it's all the same stuff. It's all just purgatory, you know, and uh, until changes happen with the roster and within the front office, we won't really have too much to dissect, quite frankly. Um, however, there is some news we need to address before we kind of dig into anything on the field i want to get this right so give me a moment here i should have pulled this up before we even started the show but that's kind of where my head's been at today it's been a crazy and hectic day with the news breaking that miles robinson was arrested on saturday on misdemeanor theft charges the the charge itself is called theft by taking which is very silly uh, it's a very goofy law term, but that's what it is. Uh, the theft charge uh, occurred at 1045 p.m. Eastern on Saturday night, uh, stemming from an incident at 825 Battery Avenue in Atlanta. It seems to be that this happened at PBR Atlanta, which is like a, a country bar in the battery right outside Truist Park where there's like a mechanical bull and party atmosphere and country songs and everything like that. If you've walked 
out of the truest park on a, on a Braves game day, you've probably heard country music coming from one of these bars. It's that one. It's the singer songwriter bar, right? Um, the arrest occurred at P bar Atlanta, uh, in the battery, uh, getting arrested at 10 45 PM ET taking by theft. Allegedly this was for miles Robinson taking a shot from a waitress. My thought here is that you have the waitresses and waiters walking around with, uh, shots on like trays, just walking mm-hmm. around. Right. And, and mm-hmm. generally like someone would take one and, I guess in this case, it was not free. It's like alcoholic right? dim sum. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so uh, not to make light things, things escalated from there in, in some capacity that involved miles not paying for this drink and then involved the police getting involved on some level. It, it is frankly shocking to me that it got to that level. Uh, and there are details that we are missing here. We should be clear about that as we kind of lay all this out. There are details that are missing. We are missing miles is side of the story right now. Atlanta United has not given a comment as of this moment, but booked uh, mugshot and everything uh, with bond set at $150, $150. It probably cost held overnight overnight for that. Held overnight, uh, Miles released at 12, 13 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday afternoon per the police report from Cobb County Sheriff's Department. Um, yeah, it, it seems like the $150 like was less than the co- total cost it took <laughs> to probably arrest him <laughs> right. and deal with all that and do all the paperwork. Uh unless we're missing something just totally egregious, which again, we don't have the details right now. It seems a little heavy handed. Yeah. And especially cause if there was, if it had escalated into like, I almost don't even want to say it cause I don't want it to be like on people's minds, but like if it, if it had escalated into something else, like beyond just the, th- then there would be another charge for something like that. But mm-hmm. like, it's literally just this. I am shocked that I think it's just it's a bad look for everybody. Unfortunately, it's a bad look for for Miles, of course, although I think I'm almost 100 percent certain that this will be completely expunged from his record mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. Um, but it's a bad look for PBR. It's a bad look for the the police that escalated the situation that were doing all this that I don't think really had to. Um it's yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. I don't know about you. We haven't really talked about it at all yet. No. But I mean, I've filed the the the, the request for yeah. um for the police report. So apparently that will be coming to me in three to five days. So keep you posted sure. on that. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, the 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 thing that was going around uh, on the internet was um the um bail or uh, what was it called? What was it called? I have it pulled up here. I don't have it pulled up anymore. That was not that's not the police report. The police report should have literally writing from the police kind of describing the situation, which is what we don't have yet at this time. But, um, yeah, that reporting, I think you were just basically um, relaying what Doug Roberson had reported uh, about the for sure. Maybe you had the uh, the not the report in front of me as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And all of that kind of thing. Um, So. Look through that and try to provide some context with it. By the way, uh, just, you know, if anybody here cares, I was debating about whether we should even write anything about it for Dirty South Soccer or not. And ultimately, I, I thought that we should not. Um, I just feel like it's there. There definitely is a space for reporting this. Doug has done it. I'm 
pretty sure, Sam, you, if you haven't already posted on this, you probably will at some point. Um, yes, we have. Yeah. We might at some point too, but um, as for now, I just like, I want to leave it to more of like the beat reporters to kind of just describe the situation for Dirty South Soccer. We're more of a community where there's a lot of like commentary and stuff on things that are happening. I just feel like having a post on that would just add to kind of a spectacle that doesn't really need a lot of chattering from uh, from the outside on. For sure. And like the, the maybe naive journalism take for this is that, that laying the details out there will bring people to similar conclusions, right, on what the nature of all this was. Mm. Um, and hopefully an understanding that the details are not wholly available right now. Um, mm. So that, that that's my thought in, in publishing it uh, for the striker. Oh, yeah, just yeah. Putting that information out. Um, Definitely. I don't, I don't have any problem with anybody reporting on it, but uh, I just felt like for Dirty mm. South Soccer, it wasn't really necessary. There's other people That's who are already doing it. We would just yeah. be regurgitating everything that it's already been reported anyway. So if anybody was wondering why that's not on Dirty South Soccer, there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Um, look, there, I mean, there's a whole lot to kind of take into, but just just the general context of it and where it happened and Miles Robinson being a black man in Cobb County. You know, that there's a lot here that, that points to something that is not uh, not as simple as just not paying for a drink. Right. Um, so there's still a lot of details to uncover, like we said, and we'll have more on that uh, as this kind of thing develops. But if you're asking me if if this is a, a mark against Miles Robinson's character in any way, I'm, I'm struggling to, to, to say that yeah. on any level, you know, on any any level. You know, it, is it kind like, of silly? Right. Yeah. Like you make like Miles made 700K last year. Yeah. Probably could have just dropped a hundo. Could write him a ticket. And like like yeah, for dude, as like, yeah. a, like college kids pissing on the street or, you know, like of all the places all in the, the world. Right. Like, right. This is this happens at the battery probably every 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> as far as someone taking a, a shot off a tray and being like, oh, I have to pay for that. You know? Because that's the scam they're running. It's a grift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. So for it to escalate to that, ridiculous. Ridiculous. I'm very interested to hear Miles' side of the story uh, yeah. whenever they're ready and, and able to talk about it. All right, Joe Patrick. Let's move on. Let's get into sports. Prime. Sports Prime, game time, Joe, Patrick, and like we said, things things pretty much wrapped up for this season. We had a longer show discussing the Philadelphia loss on the Patreon, patreon.com slash five strike final. It was a good show. We did a good job. We keep doing a good job with those Wednesday shows on the Patreon mm-hmm. and then not doing a good job on these shows because <laughs> we talked about all the interesting stuff Wednesday. <laughs> we did a good job with that, though. Patreon.com slash Five Stripe Final for so much more and the Join the World Famous Five Stripe Final Discord. As far as Philadelphia goes, they ran into a better team and frankly, a better organization. I think we can kind of say that right off the top. And the intensity was never going to be matched for 90 minutes. Tactically, they got a lot right i think as far as their setup and in the end it came down to the fact that they didn't have that intensity philadelphia were better and rocco rios novo was simply poor that was that was the entire game for me yeah yeah i mean 
yeah. What do you want to add? <laughs> Nothing? Like, Let's right. move on. Oh, but can I say one thing? I was yeah. looking up some numbers um, related to, you know, I, we've talked about it before, but Atlanta United giving up early goals, that being a huge kind of bugaboo for them this year, giving up goals in those first 15 minutes of games. And in in the second 15 minutes of games, they're second worst in MLS, giving up goals total in the first 30 minutes. The Philadelphia Union have given up two goals this entire season in the first 30 minutes of games. That's why they're that crazy. They're always playing from ahead. Uh, I just thought that they kind of deserve a shout out. And that's kind of the pinnacle of where you want to be, especially in MLS, a a league that's that chaotic. If you're playing from ahead that often, I think their goal differential total in the first 30 minutes of games is like plus 18 or something like that. It's just insane. So, I mean, even like you can just look at their actual goal differential right now. It's three times uh, their goals for three times what their goals allowed are right now. They have 63 goals scored and 21 goals allowed. (laughs) 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 That's an incredible team. That's an incredible organization, like we said. And you know what? I think if if I had my way, I would back the money yacht down the Delaware River and and right up to the union and, and. take a lot of that staff and organizational setup and and try to do it with money here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what are you smirking yep. at? Dude, something crazy just happened. Something absolutely. Sam Stasekel just DM'd me and we realized we're in the same college football gambling uh, pool. <laughs> That's just like run by some <laughs> random guy out of Utah. <laughs> That's incredible. Wild. Actually, I'm, I'm really glad I'm asking about this. <laughs> was the first college football this is reference way of, more of interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> man, way more interesting than Atlanta United. Just, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, I can't get over it. That's why. That's why I was so speechless over the Philadelphia Union game mainly. So I was <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a moment. Um, so Godinho comes in against Portland. Yeah, what do you think? Probably, I was surprised, but also happy to see it just because of what we talked about with Rocco I thought it was kind of hard to judge his performance generally he wasn't really tested a ton he may have had some shaky moments but I did just think he I felt more secure I did <laughs> yeah. United like it's it might just be like, that might be highest of us yeah. right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he made one save um it was on a shot that was moving pretty well but he got in front of it overall he claimed crosses I think in a way that Rocco Rios Nova wouldn't have I think it could have been worse than 2-0 with Rocco Rios Novo and goal. You know, there, there's not a whole lot Godinho can do about the two penalties. And once again, I just barely notice a difference in, in the distribution. Like, it's not quite as good, I guess. But it's just such a minimal factor on so many games. It's crazy to me how many folks have talked themselves into that being like a deciding factor in their yeah. their choice of personnel for goalkeeper you know yeah it was fine to me it looked fine he looked the part he looked more explosive than i kind of expected i think because we hadn't seen him mm-hmm. i just kind of worried that he was just going to be like a slow moving robot draft man out there mm. <laughs> that wasn't the case he, he seemed to get off his line well and maybe he'll be more tested going forward and we learn a little more but uh he has an option to extend his contract at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I would be pretty shocked if that happens just based on his usage more so than anything that we've actually seen of him. I just feel like for sure. Uh, yeah. I would just keep in mind. He's a free agent signing. 
Yeah, sure. Right. Good you point. Know, we don't know his cap hit, but I have to imagine it's pretty minimal. And if you are looking for a backup to Brad Gazan next year as he recovers from an Achilles mm-hmm. tear, you know, I don't hate the idea of of keeping Godinho around to, to fulfill that role if he continues to look the part the rest of the way. If he's a total disaster the rest of the way, it's an easy cut, right? I would say they also need to get him a green card. If he's going to be the backup, I oh, think he has to not yeah. be an international player um, just because those spots are so valuable and you don't want one just kind of mainly sitting on the bench for most of the season. Although very, I would say, I think, well, I don't know. Brad is apparently reportedly kind of like doing training. Um, I've seen him doing some light workout stuff, which apparently is what he's doing. But um I'm still kind of holding back on the idea that he's like going to be ready to go first game of the season. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, just Achilles, you, you just never know. So um, mm. kind of thinking that whoever is the backup goalkeeper might need to be relied upon early in the season on a regular, regular ish basis. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Goudinho, he's looked fine. So yeah. if he is that guy, I, I wouldn't complain or anything. Joe Patrick is is Franco Ibarra, the guy. Man, I was. Um, it just hit me like during that game. I was like, oh, he's a bad signing, isn't yep. he? <laughs> <laughs> and for so long, I've like wanted him to be a good signing, and I thought he was uh, definitely at one point earlier this season. I was like, man, I think he's developing really well. Like in theory, you see the numbers and you go, this is this right. is who we want. This is that like cage fighter destroyer who's just going to run around and blowing everything up and uh, while his numbers are there everything else kind of isn't as far as that destroyer mold mm-hmm. he just looks a little too slow sometimes he's not explosive in, in the way he gets to the ball he's not very good on the ball he doesn't actively search to get on the ball when he gets on the ball his passes are, are not very crisp he's not very progressive and as a u22 spot you only get three of those you know, it's a valuable spot because your your cap it goes down to either 150k or 200k based on what you're making or how old you are, right? So, I mean, to to have him filling that spot right now in a role that isn't all that effective, especially in Gonzalo Pineda's possession based system, it it doesn't seem like he will be around next year. If I had to think about it, and it's odd to me that he got a start in a second straight game against Portland which he was then pulled out of at halftime for the choice that probably should have made in the first place. Right. Amar right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought Amar Sadich has deserved the start, honestly, more than Franco Barra, just based on what we've seen in games recently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think Amar Sadich is some amazing player, No, but I think he's like close to league average or league average, just kind of a guy who can, you know, be a placeholder in that position. And yep. do a decent job, do some of the things that you need to do, especially with exactly what you said, Sam. I'm glad you mentioned it. Like in the in a possession based system, you should err more towards a player who can do the passing and moving and that kind of thing. At least to some extent. Right. Like I'm not right, saying right. he has to, to his be level like, of ability. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. As opposed to what, and what you're saying with, with Franco Ibarra is like, yeah, he's a destroyer, but you have to be able to do something else. Like even. Mm-hmm. No matter what system you're talking about, you still have to be able to do some of the basics in terms of being able to pass the ball and help the team progress the ball upfield. But especially in with what Gonzalo Pineda wants to do in a more possession based system, like it's even more important. So there's even kind of less of a role for a player who is so kind of, 
I don't even want to call it specialized because I don't think he's like <laughs> special in terms of like his <laughs> talent <laughs> uh, in this. But like, you know, a player who's so kind of um, has like a one singular role that he can fulfill. Um, even that I don't think is he's just like too. Yeah, I don't know. Too specialized, yeah. I guess, in that. And like it, there's kind of this idea that like, OK, next to Santiago Sosa, you want someone who's able to win the ball and everything like that. But honestly i just don't think he covers enough ground right for yeah, that yeah. to be an effective position for him paired with santi you know sagers and Hosetu cover way more ground than ibarra i like this is the most uncomfortable thing for me to talk about in soccer when it comes to like professional players but like i think that franco Barra has had weight he could have lost he's been carrying mm. all season um i think with joseph uh gonzalo pineda pretty clearly called that out in the post-game press conference when i think it was felipe who asked about why he didn't start or you know his mm-hmm. joseph situation and I, I sam you had tweeted it out there uh the transcription of what he said but he was like i can he can play for 30 minutes but he can't play for 60 or something like that um which says to me that he's just not not fit he can't move his body propel his body around the field long enough to do the job that he wants but anyway to bring it back to Franco Barra I think I think there's something very similar there I think he could definitely stand to to lose some weight I think it generally is something that is kind of throughout the squad a little bit I think and I think that that's one of the reasons why we see this team being amongst the league amongst the bottom in the league in terms of running and pressing yeah I agree I agree god the pressing so bad it's so disheartening to look at the pressing numbers man and you wonder why Atlanta is never able to to get into transition moments that that cause effective uh, chance creation. And you don't have to look much further than that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they just don't press. Not and well. By the way, there are some super fit guys on this team: Brooks Lennon, um, uh, Andrew Gutman. Mm-hmm. I put Caleb Wiley. Even Nasetsu covers a lot of ground. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but even for those guys, it's like when you don't have faith that teammates are going to be able to press in certain situations and kind of keep up their end of the deal um, physically, then Mm -hmm. you're more reticent to go ahead and do it yourself because you don't want to get, you know, you don't want to leave the team exposed, essentially. And we saw we've seen that happen at times when guys like Brooks London have tried to push up and press and then there's leaves holes. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's all kind of disconnected. I'll add to that and just continue talking about Franco Ibarra. I mean, I watched I watched all of his touches from this last game and so much of it was pass the ball and then kind of casually walk into the open space, Mm. you know, or slowly jog and never really get out of the middle third. You know, he he seems so either unwilling to go forward or just concerned with staying back that he never became an effective piece in the attack, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's where I am with, with Franco Ibarra right now. And he's got five games to kind of correct that opinion. Mm. You know what? If I'm Atlanta, I'm looking at that U22 spot and saying, "Okay, we need to we need to look elsewhere. This hasn't quite worked." Yeah, I keep thinking about Carlos Bocanegra's comment too about him being the number eight, which we've <laughs> taught, we've kind of laugh and joke about. But like, really, like they could use him. Like they need him him to be a number eight. Like they need they need a number eight mm-hmm. <laughs> in like the role that he is filling right now as like a U22 international guy. Um, but he's he's clearly not that. I mean. 
I don't know if they expected him to be that from from day one, but like he never really has been a number eight. <laughs> but they nah. really could use a number eight um, if they could move him on. But again, it kind of leads us down the road to like this team has so many moves they have to make in terms of outgoings. It's almost like an <laughs> there's only you know we've been through it, it seems like every podcast we're like listening to guys and they who they can keep but mm-hmm. it's going to be very hard to move out all the players that i think fans will want to see move to different pastors one day we're going to get asked carlos again about the uh about the eight comment i'm just curious <laughs> i just i think we i think everyone to a man has balked at that one that i've talked to about it i mean just everyone Mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. be, people be people say words sometimes like i get it like sometimes right. yeah. sometimes there's just yeah. not the words you, but he was really like clear and definite about it i don't know um a lot to unpack there a lot to unpack to patrick with some of the discourse around joseph we wanna <laughs> do we want to do we do we want to engage in the discourse <laughs> i was i was just kind of shaking my head at a lot of stuff i was seeing on twitter um after what the you game I, I mean just in particular a lot of comments about oh the people who said that no because Ronaldo's movement is better that he should be starting or idiots because Joseph is actually scoring and everything like that and oh right you know it's uh it feels misguided it feels from a place of wanting rather than a place of <laughs> yeah, actual yeah. actual seeing, you know, yeah. I, to be fair, Cisneros has not been good over the last yep. little bit. It, it's been 389 minutes without a goal somewhere around there. However, you know, the people saying like, well, Joseph should be starting or forgetting the fact that Joseph had a 383 minute goal drought uh, just a little bit ago, you know, like. By a little bit ago, I mean like up until like mid August, you know, <laughs> yeah, like he, yeah, yeah. he's just now started scoring again. He scored three goals in like the last five games. Um, one of them was a garbage time goal against Red Bulls. The other was a late goal against DC United where literally no one I don't was even around remember him. the Red Bulls goal. Yeah, because we had totally checked out by that point because the game was over. Huh. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the DC goal, he was just like wide open yeah. header. He was just standing there basically. He like that's that's the goal that like the the forty year old man on the team scores in like the pickup <laughs> game, right? Yeah, because yeah. they're just there and, and they know how to finish. Yeah, and then this one against Portland, he he got up for it. It's off a set piece. That's fine, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not an, any indication really that you know he's going to be effective as a starter. It wasn't from know? the run of play. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like something that feels like you can replicate. You know, it was great. It was a nice. And Again, I get it. Like Cisneros has not been good. You yeah, know? yeah. You yeah. you have two backup quality strikers right now. You know. I love yeah. the point that Jacob made in our Discord talking about how if you combine Cisneros, this year's Joseph and Dom Dwyer together, you would just have twenty nineteen <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, wait. <laughs> um, yeah. which I mean if you look at it, you have about what is it? It's um somewhere around twenty goal contributions this year from them 24 or something like that is that um it? so i mean that's not terrible yeah, production right out of the striker role mm-hmm. you know you just kind of have a few backup guys but i think I th- over the well, course it, of the game you know joseph's not gonna be able to do it for 60 minutes yeah so yeah. if you want to have him come on and be effective for 30 minutes against tired legs you can because he's going up against tired legs right right i'm surprised there aren't more people 
asking to see more of Dom Dwyer in some of those situations instead of Joseph. Like yeah. to me, Dom looks like he's more of a goal threat, honestly, than Joseph. Like, mm-hmm. God, I, I mean, like I hate saying this, but like Joseph, he, he just always feels like he's laying the ball off backwards or playing a dummy or just like not being aggressive in his actions like his you know mm-hmm. i mean aggressive like going towards goal he's like very indirect i guess you would say and at least dom will strike the ball hit it hard and hit it a goal as much as he possibly can so um and i've he's scored probably more better goals than joseph has this year mm-hmm. so i don't disagree one bit one bit Wanted to to hit real quick. You mentioned that quote, and I'm gonna do that thing where I read a quote, but I want to get the full context of it. Uh, Felipe asked, uh, "Can you just explain Joseph comes on again off the bench and he scores? Why insist on Ronaldo? He hasn't scored since August the sixth, which is correct. Joseph has looked a little bit more confident. He's scoring goals. Was the decision there at the number nine position? Gonzalez says, "Well, look, Felipe." I think I've been very clear on why I put certain players in and I don't put certain players. I don't want to go to that trend every time I make a decision. It was my decision. I feel like the energy that Ronaldo brings and the way we want to press high in the field and the way we want to stretch opponents for 90 minutes, not just for 30 minutes, Ronaldo can provide that at the moment. So that's part of our decision. But again, there are many, many things going into those decisions. That 90 minutes, not just for 30 minutes, that's the tell. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there are always little tells in these answer. That's the tell. And that's, that should just sum up all of it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's not a good situation. Joseph called himself an old man with bad knees the other day. Like he knows, like we know, like, I don't know. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. But it's just kind of where we're at. Again, I understand everyone and where they're at and maybe they're right. You know, but but my feelings are are the opposite of what I saw on Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's it, yeah. All right, Joseph. Not Joseph. All right, Joe. Who are you? All right, Joe Patrick. I have so many depressive. Thoughts. Let's let's move on to something a little more happy. Let's move on to a quick break and an ad from our partners at Lucid FC. Yes, our our partners at Lucid FC. The uh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I, I'm not sticking to the script, Sam. We want to thank our partners at Lucid FC for, for being the, the presenting sponsors of Five Stripe Final. Lucid FC's shop in Buckhead is open by appointment and walk-ins 1 to 8 p.m. daily. They are located at 3209 Paces Ferry Place. You can use DSS as your season-long promo code for free shipping within the United States when you shop on their web shop at lucidfc.us at lucidfc.us you will find new releases every thursday and lucid fc is preparing for an exciting world cup season ahead follow lucid fc on social media at lucid fc to stay up to date on upcoming scheduling and events and i understand that they'll be trying to do some stuff and parties and whatnot around the world cup so uh that would be fun i know they did like a big thing around rivalry week earlier this year and we Kind of didn't know about it and then couldn't scramble in time to make something happen for it. But um hope to maybe be doing something in partnership with them at some point for like live shows. Potentially we'll see. It should be fun. But um 
yeah, stay all up to date with all that stuff that they're going to be doing at Lucid FC on Twitter, on Instagram, on everywhere. Sick. All right. So, Patrick, let's get in these questions. I like this first one from Kurt. I was not really prepared for it, but now that I'm reading it, I'm pretty excited about it. Kurt Castle says, as this disastrous season limps to an end, one of the questions we'll be asking is how different the season would have been without all the injuries. Could y'all go through a couple of other rosters of playoff teams and give examples of what their starting 11 would have been had that team experienced similar injuries? Now, I'm not going to read off starting 11s, right? But I am going to just kind of put some names out there and have y'all think about like how much of an impact it would have, you know? So, I mean, mm-hmm. we can look, we can start at Philadelphia, right? Probably the best team in the league. They're my pick to win MLS cup right now, uh, just in the way they're playing. Um, LAFC is really the only challenger in my mind, um, as far as who the best team. I would love to is. see a Philadelphia LAFC. Oh, MLS cup so final. Good. I hope the, so good. The, those two teams make it all the way through. Cause like that would give us the best game. And a styles make fights since it'd be mm-hmm. freaking amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, I mean, I mean, just thinking about it. So let's classify these injuries, right? We're talking like goalkeeper, Number one center back and depth piece midfielder, right? Is that the the injuries <laughs> we're kind of putting on these teams? I think I think Ozzy Alonso would have would would be like one of this team's uh, most used midfielders at this point in the season. Honestly, <laughs> having seen the other options at this point, but sure, like yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll, you can you. I I trust your discretion here. It's tough because like comparing like for Philadelphia, if their goalkeeper gets injured, that's Andre right. Blake. Right. 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 That's a huge difference from Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so if I take out Andre Blake, uh, Jack Elliott and Leon Flock or better yet, Alejandro Bedoya from the union. That's a, yeah, that's appropriate. That is probably still a playoff team to be totally honest yeah um it's center back you plug in probably Stuart finley who did a pretty good job this year and the midfield isn't a problem for them because they just keep plugging in laboratory made midfielders probably aronson's you know in this case it'd be jack mcglynn or someone like that a paxton aronson and they'd probably do pretty well the biggest loss there was blake all right but again if what if, if we replaced Andre Blake with Brad Guzan, like that would be pretty detrimental <laughs> to, <laughs> to the union, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think that's still a playoff team, yeah. All considered, especially because of the way they play right. and how exactly. confident they are in that system, they can plug anyone in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that if we were to continue this, I mean, I don't know how long you want to go with different teams, but like too much longer. I think that that's the point is that like a lot of these teams would still be definitely worsened, but okay, sustain like, you know, they would still be probably doing better than Atlanta United has. But I think it goes back to the discussion we've been having about Joseph and specifically the striker position at Atlanta United has been one where they've basically been missing that piece all season. You know, mm-hmm. Joseph obviously had his time um, that he had to go get his, his knee scoped and missed a bunch of time there. But even since he's come back, he just has not been the same player. And so you can say that they've lost these guys with injuries, but they've also kind of lost 
Joseph in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like he's a different player than he than he was, or they may have expected coming into the season. And they just don't have to your point about Philadelphia. They just don't have that style of play that is so systematic and the players are so ingrained in that it's kind of a weapon in and of itself. For sure. Does that worry you about Gonzalo that like that hasn't been established? I was thinking about it the other day, you know, and I'm going to write about how what lessons Atlanta can learn from Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, And, you know, in MLS, it's maybe not all that entirely valuable to be tactically adaptable, (laughs) you know, Um, although in a lot of senses, Gonzalo is so possession focused that it, it ends up not being that. But I don't know. I'm I'm debating a lot with that right now. I'll get back to you. I'll mm-hmm. get back to you. I, I'm looking through the rest of like the East and the West and, and thinking about those three injuries in particular. And I do think a lot of these teams end up in similar positions as Atlanta United if they lose that kind of production in, the, in their back line, especially some of the teams who, who struggle to score. Yeah. You know, like I may be not worried about like NYCFC or Red Bulls as much and, right. and some of those top teams, but some of these lower teams like Columbus would be screwed. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, but that's not the standard that Atlanta United is supposed to be at. Right. You right. Know, you're supposed to be Philadelphia. You're supposed to be Montreal. He's <laughs> wow. <laughs> just wow. We're, we're at that point. Seems huh? like they like, really like, just like kind of snuck their way up into uh, second place there. <laughs> yep. They're playing really like good the other ball. Day, I had no and, idea. And their, they were their coach Wolf Nancy is very, very good. He's great. Right, let, yeah. Let, let's move on. Wes says, you ever just work that graveyard shift, the long one where you watch the sun go down and watch it come back up before your shift is fully over and you're kind of feeling tired and mentally exhausted and battling to stay awake? And that's the whole question. I think that's about Atlanta United somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it is. And yes, I have worked some of those shifts before. I, I actually really like them, but I kind of... I like them for kind of like a masochistic way and that they and how it like disrupted everything. So I worked at a Publix like when I was in high school and I would every once in a while like to take they would do like a a deep cleaning of the store mm-hmm. where a crew would stay overnight and work that graveyard shift exactly like Wes describes. And then you like come out in the morning and like the sun's up and you're all messed up. For some <laughs> reason, I like that to an extent, but it's obviously not a good thing. And I feel like we're going through that every single game that we watch nowadays. I like it. New theme for the rest of the season. Just working the graveyard shift. Go JD. And college, most a lot of college students have experienced that too. Yeah, you know, like definitely. Up, up studying and then you like Ugh. take a test at nine a.m. and then you're just like totally loopy after it's over, and probably Go- during. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Go JD says, should the club consider some form of front office roles for Parkhurst or Lerinowitz? I just don't think they're interested. Uh, we get questions like this about like I don't know them doing things like this. I just don't think they're interested. I think Jeff is eventually interested in doing coaching. Like he's told us Mm -hmm. Uh, park. He's obviously doing some kind of uh, mentorship roles and everything like that. And maybe if you offered those things to them, they would be interested. But as far as like front office roles, I'm not sure they would have much interest. Yeah. um, Park. He already has so many kind of side gigs going on post playing career. I don't think that that would be a lot to add to his plate considering what he's already kind of got going on. And again, to your, that's on top of the point that you just made. And yeah, I think Lorenowitz would rather be more <laughs> hands-on with players. That's what I gather. And can we say, I heard some rumor or something that he had moved to Cincinnati, Jeff Lorenowitz. Is that, have you, Not have you heard that? No. Not confirmed. Okay. So. Okay. 
I'll bother him later. It's the National Enquirer reporting that. <laughs> Smurfy12 <laughs> says, uh, why can your body sometimes wake you up at exact times without you setting an alarm or anything? The past two days I've woken up at exactly 7 a.m. for no reason. Wow, these questions, man. We're... Y'all are really done with this season, Circadian rhythm, huh? man. It's a weird Circadian thing. Circadian rhythm. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. Four Card says, does any reporter, journalist, analyst outside of the Atlanta United Sphere see the issues with Joseph? Are we taking crazy pills? Is Renato wrong for not starting them? That's uh, a good question. I We talked about it before, but just uh, we've heard from some other folks who still think Joseph is going to be able to get DP level money from folks. Uh, and me and Joe obviously don't think that way anymore uh i think i think it's if just we were tough at, i think you know? if we were to ask tom today i think he would take that back okay maybe that's fair maybe <laughs> i mean i'm just speculating i do sense that like when they're on the national broadcast at least where you'll get more of a honest interpretation of the team uh from the the broadcasters i do think that they are kind of starting to hint at you know these lines they'll say these lines like it's going to be a interesting offseason for joseph martinez or atlanta i think they were even touching on it in that last game against portland kind of talking about the dilemma that the club and the player face so i think that they're kind of coming to the realization that this is probably heading towards an end mm-hmm. um how it ends I, I have no idea but i i do think that that's starting to creep into the the mainstream what i'm really curious about is how other like gms around the league feel about it you know who we don't hear talk publicly um but i have to think that just based on this underlying data that i'm sure they're looking at they're seeing a massively steep decline and can't be impressed yeah uh, that's probably right but i mean if you're from the outside you're just kind of looking in and saying like oh okay he has eight goals and four assists what's happening here why is he not starting you know yeah um it, it, it just kind of leaves out some of the context of things, which which I get, you know, it, no one's going to watch every Atlanta United game the way we we, we do, you know, mm-hmm. so I understand from a national national perspective for sure. Let's see, there was an extra thing here. Yeah, no, so, it's kind of harsh. You want to talk about that? I mean, can. Well, I, I just want to say one thing about uh, Arauju is that. Um, He's really like I don't think under, a lot of fans understand like how much of a happy-go-lucky guy that like everybody in the in the locker room likes like how much of that kind of person he is like he really does seem to me to be the kind of like he's always Connector. laughing and smiling and like trying to be friends with everybody. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's not going to happen after a loss or something in the locker room, but. We were talking about it, I think, uh, on one of our recent podcasts about him at training. I think it was on one of our uh, daily episodes, and he was playing like soccer pong with uh, who was it? He, it's like McFadden Mikey Ambrose, and Mikey McFadden and, and, and John, yeah, Dijon, yeah. So like, and like, and, and Arujo. So like, he he's not a standoffish kind of guy. Um, so I, I just think that that's something that people should should know about him because I do think that his the way he plays on the field sometimes can come off as like very selfish yeah. <laughs> and uh and like other players not liking him for it which that could be true you never know yeah so Patrick are you keeping Aruju around if you're if you're in charge of the team um I, I like I would put it like this I would probably take my money back for him if I got the chance and try again um it's not unfair not unfair. 
Pinedahead17 says, if I were a genie and were able to grant each of you one, parentheses one, wish for the offseason that is guaranteed to pan out, what would you choose? Ooh, this is such a good question. This is such a good question. Mine would be a healthy Joseph plays for Atlanta in 2023 with 25 goals plus assists. That's the okay. Pinedaheads. That's I, feel not like mine. That, I feel like that's unfair. I feel like we can't say, like, it's that... Joseph will yeah, score 25 good. goals. Or, yeah, yeah like, like we, it, it's got to be just something um, where we can't dictate like what the result of it would be. Hmm. I want 20 year old Diego Chara. That's that's what I want, Jimmy. <laughs> Give me. I think the one thing I would want is a president hire that I'm like extremely excited about. And I think is a competent mm. manager of oh, the sporting side. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, it's such an important hire. Like you can't be overstated. And, um, maybe that's unfair. Cause that's like beyond the roster. If I'm talking about players, it's probably 20 year old Diego Chara. <laughs> it's probably that like Miles Robinson is as good as he was before the injury. Um, okay, I don't hate that. Yeah, I'm still taking 20 year old Diego Chara, <laughs> and the genie's giving him a lifetime Atlanta United contract that he that he wants to fulfill because it's paying him a lot of money. Or maybe like, can my one wish be that like? They they are able to offload all the players that they <laughs> want to. <laughs> I mean, it's a genie, not a not a miracle worker, Joe Patrick. Just to remind people, on top of any replacements you want to make in this team, whether it's Franco Ibarra, Ronald Hernandez, Brooklyn, and I don't know, just um, uh, Alan Franco, um, goalkeeper. <laughs> Any of those changes you would want to make. You also have Ezekiel Barco sitting out there. You also have oh Eric God. Lopez sitting out there. So like there's other <laughs> players that are already in limbo. You do this like every other week. And it's like those scenes in Jaws where you just see like the feet dangling beneath the water from like the shark's POV. It's terrifying, Joe. Stop Sorry. showing it. Yeah. Uh, on this, Jacob says, since we likely won't be able to actually get rid of everyone who's in your top three must moves this off season, must moves this off season. Well, I mean, if we want to cheat, we can go Zeke and, and Lopez, right? But we're, we're not going to cheat. We're going to stay with the, the current group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's for must moves. Must move. <sighs> must moves. Who's a must? That's tough. Hosetsu. Oh, good one. Man, I hadn't even thought about him. Remember his injury was supposed to be just like very minor and it seemed yeah. and he just has not come back. Wow. I totally forgot about him when I was going already going <laughs> through the very depressing list as I was just uh kind of reading it out. Um Heinemann. He's mm, yeah, he took you're that probably pay cut, right. But you're probably right. I forgot. I even forgot he took the pay cut. But he's another one where it's like, where has he been? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's probably a good one. Like, honestly, I was going to just. Be a massive chaos agent and say, Joseph, <laughs> is that 
It's either it's either like Joseph or Abara or um what's his name? Like they can't keep Joseph and have him be at this <laughs> level, you know? Like he's a DP. Yeah. So that's a massive suck in terms of your potential talent you could have on the roster. Oh, Marcy is there too. Oh, yeah. Even though it's not necessarily a must move, I don't think. I don't know if his cap hit is that big, but it might be. It might be. <laughs> yeah. Considering his transfer fee. He almost so that feels was, like that would be a must move. He almost feels like must move because he's so movable, like because his yes. stats are actually decent and I think that he's shown that he can be a good player when set up in the in the a decent player when in the right setup. It would be really weird if he wasn't moved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he seems like the one most likely to to get done. So get hard to narrow it down to three, and it's odd that he hasn't been playing lately. Yeah, considering that, I was thinking the same thing out there. Yeah, knowing nothing, he's not being brought. He's not being there. brought in like with the subs on the hour mark. It's nah. yeah. All righty, Joe Patrick. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? This was a depressing one, man. Always Pretty much is. from the top to the bottom. And they're probably going to stay that way <laughs> until this season ends. Oh, man. We need help. Somebody save us. <sighs> save, save us, us new president. Emmy Award winner, Nathan Lane. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here. Bye, all. Yikes. It's the